0: Welcome to Unedited, our fortnightly podcast where we explore the opportunities and challenges the retail industry is facing. From fashion, beauty and homeware, I will chat to leading experts in the industry to shed light on how retailers can create a brighter future. So periods of social unrest in 2020 thrust diversity to the top of the industry's agenda, leading to a surge of inclusive campaigns and initiatives. On today's episode, we'll be addressing fashion's inclusivity problem. So by 2022, plus size women will account for 22% of the UK fashion market. This is a market that's worth $24 billion globally. Whilst new arrivals in 2020 were disrupted due to the reaction to COVID, investment in plus size ranges continued to blossom the number of new plus or curve styles increased by 11% in 2020 versus 2019. Although there are still issues to address as an industry and as a community. According to the International Journal of Fashion Design, Technology and Education, the average American woman was a size 16 to 18. However, the majority of products stocked online sit between a double zero to an eight. And across the US and the UK, Prices for plus size 100% cotton t-shirts are on average 13% higher than that of standard sizes, with fewer options available, proving that there is the existence of a fat tax. And this reflects brands' hesitance to supply larger sizes due to the additional material costs. So on today's podcast, we have Katie Murphy, VP of Client Services at 11 Array. Welcome to Unedited, Katie. We're so excited to have you on the podcast. How are you doing?
1: Good. It's so good to meet you, Grace. I'm so happy to be here today.
0: Oh, well, I hope you're surviving 2021. All right. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, like everyone else, one day at a time. Absolutely. I know. I was reading something on Instagram the other day and it's like, making the most of the joys of lockdown and the things that you can't necessarily do when life is going at a million miles an hour. Right?
1: Yes, you, you, you absolutely have to. I'm a big proponent of that. Find the joy in the little things.
0: Absolutely. So to start off, it would be great to hear more about your career and how did you find yourself as VP of client services?
1: Yeah, so I've always been in the luxury fashion world, which, you know, is kind of a dream I had as a little girl and I moved to New York and I soon realized, wow, this fashion industry might be better from afar. (laughs) It's not as glamorous as I thought, but I still loved it. And after, you know, a few different jobs in fashion photography and production, I decided to kind of go to the more corporate side and focus on D2C. So I really love I love sales. I'm a salesperson at the end of the day, and I love working with customers. I'm a relationship seller, so kind of building a network and taking them with me wherever I go, it's, it's one of my favorite things. I also am fascinated by customer behavior, consumer insight. So that's ultimately all of my past experience, which got me at 11 on Array. But before 11 on Array, I was at the Real Real. Which I'm sure you are well. Aware. Ah. And um, I led the team of luxury managers over at the Real Real office in New York. And, you know, I'd never heard of a luxury plus size, you know, multi-brand e-tailor like Eleven Honore because one had never existed. And I got linked up with Patrick Herning, our CEO and founder. And someone said, just have a call with him. And I was like, I, I just don't understand this business. Like, it's so unheard of. But yeah. I'm fascinated because I'm a size 12 and maybe I can shop on his site. That's what yeah. I was thinking. And I was very happy at the Real Real, had no intention of looking for another job. I have one call with Patrick. Next thing I know, I'm on a plane to LA. And I was like, when do I start? This is amazing. And I've never looked back. So I've been in my dream job now to be the customer and also work for the company. And believe in this movement and the brand and the growth of this industry is pretty unique. And uh, that's how I ended up at 11 Honoree. Amazing. So could you tell us more about
0: 11 Honoree as a business?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're the first size-inclusive fashion company. We are a multi-brand retailer. We sell online directly to customers. We have over 80 brand partners, a mix of high-end designer to contemporary to a lot of athleisure these days, and our own in-house brand, the 11 Honoree Collection. Basically, we're the first in the extended size marketplace to get these brands. I'll use Dolce & Gabbana as an example. Mm -hmm we were like, hey guys, this is a huge, huge market. (laughs) You need to jump on board and start cutting your garments in size, you know, above a size 12. And, you know, we, we lend out our fit technology, fit models, you name it, to really work with our brand partners to be able to service this customer in this market. I mean, it's such a no brainer to us when we talk about it, but then, you know, of course there's a lot of, obstacles that that different brands have to come across but yeah Diane von Furstenberg we were knocking down Diane von Furstenberg's door for years and finally they launched into extended we carried it on our site first it sold out in about 24 hours the classic um, wrap dress yeah it's just it's just so exciting so that's what we do and i i think that we you know, really have started the true conversation. Obviously, plus size clothing has been around, obviously for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, to be kind of like one of the players in the, in the fashion industry, we're the first ones. I mean, it's
0: so exciting for us as well to get to speak to you guys, you know, trailblazers in, you know, a market which, for our listeners, is, is worth, you know, $24 billion. It's, it's huge. So for those that are listening, would you mind kind of explaining more about what size inclusivity means? And, and what does it really stand for? And also, you know, when you hear the term plus size, what sizes are, are we talking about?
1: Yeah, it's so interesting. I I read an article recently that was kind of defining the difference between plus size, the term plus size and the term size inclusive. And I'm such a fan of of the term size inclusive because to me, that's what I want to give my customers. Mm -hmm. I want to give her the same garment in the same fabric at the same price as a straight-sized woman would be able to shop. So to me, it's being fully inclusive and just, I mean, literally to to the true term, like not excluding anyone. I want it to fit every body type. I want it to be all-encompassing. Plus size is amazing because a lot of people identify as plus size, and there's a huge community of body positivity Movement around plus size, so I think the terms kind of work together. But Eleven Honoree, just we describe ourselves as size inclusive. We start at size twelve and we go up to size twenty six.
0: Amazing. So obviously, back in twenty seventeen, yourself and your partners identified this huge gap in the market to offer women a shopping site that gave that size inclusive offering and the option, you know, to finally experience designer clothing and style. How have you seen this market develop in the past five years?
1: I'm I'm so immersed in it. So I I feel like I'm seeing it more and more. And I I think we are as an industry, you know, it was plus size or extended size, size inclusive, whatever, however we want to refer to it today, has always been, you know, part of a conversation. But it was kind of looked at as more of a niche, you know? like extra kind of I'd like an add-on or just a niche just like a, it's separate own little category it wasn't embedded in the the everyday conversation of the fashion landscape and i think more and more it is but when we launched we saw the void in the market mm-hmm. i mean 3 to 4 years ago it was just still a small conversation really no super focused you know, true north. And I think that conversation is changing every day, thanks to brands like us, and then also other brands that have extended into the category.
0: Well, It's very exciting to see what is happening. And I know, obviously, recently, the luxury designer, Erdem, you know, launched extended sizing for the first time with their pre-spring 21 collection, which is now being offered up from a UK size 6 to a 22. How have you seen luxury brands approaching size inclusivity and, and where is there still opportunity?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I just looked at the market line sheets for the Ardem collection for spring 21 and I was like, ah, oh, I mean, it's so beautiful. And one of my all-time favorite designers. So that was, that's such a smart, good move for them. I think Mm -hmm. they're going to be very, very successful. I think the opportunity is, you know, on platforms like ours. And Mm -hmm. I think the opportunity is going to increase the more we identify this customer. You know, 75% of women i would say globally but i can i can really because i saw some stats actually on the uk but mm-hmm. definitely 75% of women in the us are a size 14 and above it sounds like the average size in the uk might even skew a bit bigger closer to a 16 18 and you know that's a huge huge part of the market so the opportunity is is really endless but i think it's you know it has to be very strategic so it's What does the customer want? How are you delivering fit? How are you being transparent? How are you communicating? How are you talking to the customer? How are you finding her? And I think a lot of brands look to us to kind of guide that forward. It's exciting, isn't it? How
0: you say, obviously, you guys are a platform, but you also have that partnership with those brands. And it's almost like you're an advisory to those brands as well in how to be successful in that space.
1: In a lot of ways. I mean, we always say we come from a place of yes. So if someone yeah. is looking to us for mm-hmm. guidance and, and you know, in their foray into the category, we'll always work with someone, we'll always partner with someone, mm-hmm. because we know it's so important for the industry as a whole. So yeah, in that realm, yes, fit technology, I would say we're, we're the experts.
0: Wow. And I know we're definitely going to get onto that. But you mentioned what are knowing what is important to that customer. So it'd be great to understand from your expert opinion, you know, what do they really value? What does she care about when it relates to fashion and style?
1: So what she cares about is the same thing that almost any fashion consumer cares about. She wants value. She wants quality. She wants good service, especially after the year we've all come come off of. I think kind of having, you know, everyone's shopping online, obviously, but I think having a personal contact at the store where you're shopping or the brand you're shopping with, getting expert guidance um, and advice on, you know, sizing and how to measure yourself and really educating her on how to shop. That I would say our customer needs more than a straight size, just because historically she's never had access to this. Um, So it's almost like teaching her how to shop and build that confidence, set her up for success. But aside from that, she wants what every other fashion shopper wants.
0: It's true, isn't it? Because I remember I was, I lived out in the States about four or five years ago. And at the time I was a US size, you know, 12, 14. And I remember being so frustrated that I couldn't wear the trends or the fashion items that maybe my friends who were a size six or a, you know a size four were able to wear, and it was just so frustrating because it's like I want the same as you guys. I want to be able yeah. to wear these products. I don't want to just wear black or navy and be in you know something that's like an oversized cut that's not flattering. So I think the breakthrough for me was when I saw on Madewell's site and. You know, they were showing their jeans on different sizes and different shapes, and like the first time you were able to see, okay, what does that perfect vintage jean look like on that size versus seeing it, you know, on a standard model size. Oh,
1: absolutely, and I, I love Made Well. I think they show the product really well, and I think it allows the customer to identify, like you said, you you kind of see yourself. But but I'm the same. Like I said, I'm a size 12, so I've always been on the cusp. I've always been in the fashion industry. I obviously Mm -hmm. love fashion. I love designer clothes. But, you know, I'd be shopping with my girlfriends in New York and going into, you know, Saks or Nordstrom, whatever whatever it was. And I just, I couldn't find anything. And they'd walk out with loads, you know. (laughs) It's real. The frustration is real. You know, and for women that are, you know, truly plus size, like a size 14, 16, 18, whatever it may be, in department stores, they'd have to... Almost go down to the basement, like their clothes were completely separate. It's it's just crazy. I, again, at the industry is is it is more of a focal point. It is more of a conversation. Those people are embracing inclusivity in so many ways, and we're, we're really seeing that change. But yeah, it was real. And and my whole thought process is like nothing needs to be separated. If a size six, you know, can have this, so should a size twenty. Just. It's a no brainer.
0: Absolutely. I feel like, you know, in the news, even I think it was just yesterday that Mango announced that they are actually obviously retiring their Violetta range, which has historically housed their plus size product. They're now integrating that with their mainline and offering a larger size run we've kind of touched on it already, but I would love to know your opinion on standalone plus size ranges and lines versus just increasing that size offering to the existing product.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll say it again. Anyone that's even having this conversation, I think that's a plus. So anyone that's embracing the curvy market, good for you. You should Mm -hmm. be here. That said, you can't just start cutting into, you know, horrible cheap fabrics just to kind of enter this category. I I can't talk about fit enough. So, you know, I tend to lean towards brands that integrated into their current collections and just extend the size range. I think that's really smart. If you are going to do a standalone brand, diffusion line, whatever you're looking to do, it has to be very thought out and making sure you're giving her what she wants and deserves and has never had access to. And that's what we did with our in-house collection. I mean, the designs, the fabrications, the market research, the competitive analysis, the fit technology. I mean, we really, really made it the best we could be. And we were wholeheartedly able to stand behind the fit in every single garment, which is amazing. It still blows my mind. And I... I know this so well, but I can say to someone, oh, well, you won't return it because it'll fit. And I, and I say that confidently. It's amazing. So I think when other brands are looking to foray into this category, it's you have to have a lot of integrity.
0: Okay. And I think, you know, on that topic of conversation of fit, we know you have a very unique approach to that at 11 on Array. Could you tell us more about that and the impact that that has had on the business from both a commercial and a customer perspective?
1: Yes, absolutely. So we are lucky in the sense that we have an office full of our customer. We basically have women in the office that cover the size range 12 to 24. So we're very lucky in that sense. We also are quite an opinionated group of women. (laughs) So besides, besides having our collection led by our amazing designer, Danielle Williams, AK, we fit samples on real bodies. You know, fashion has always been kind of draped on forms and that works for straight sizes, but curvy women need more accommodation and fitting on real bodies, seeing actual movement, seeing how, how much like seam allowance you need to leave to create more room for a bust line or a bicep is really, really important in building out your collection. So, you know, we start on fit models. We did a lot of customer focus groups and, you know, let our customers try the clothing. We always put a little stretch into a tiny bit of stretch into tops just to kind of allow for, you know, you might have two size 18 women, but their shapes are different. So you want to be able to accommodate different shapes as well as all different body types. So the fit process is quite rigorous for our in-house collection. So as far as customers go, it creates loyalty. It Mm -hmm. creates trust and confidence. Again, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of I work so closely with customers and always have, and setting people up for success who these women are so used to walking into a dressing room and the dress not zipping, to be able to send them into a fitting room and have something on that you may even have to take in a bit is setting customers up for success. And I've I've seen some customers that I started with at the beginning of my time at 11 Honoré, And kind of seen their evolution and their confidence evolve and grow just, you know, in other aspects of their life too. But I think just by dressing better, feeling better, finally having clothes that they never thought they could ever wear made such a difference in their lives.
0: I can imagine. I mean, as you said, it breeds loyalty. Like obviously, you know, your customer base know they can trust you and that they want to spend their money on your platform because they're going to get a product that they're going to love and and want to wear. So in terms of categories and the availability of plus type product, where is there still untapped potential in regards to size inclusivity?
1: I would say workwear. I think workwear is very, it's very hard. You know, now everyone's on Zoom, so you're not really wearing tailored suits or jackets that much, which I guess it's nice. <laughs> um, overall as a category, I think workwear, you know, has a lot of potential also evening wear, you know, high end evening wear has always kind of been a little bit of a custom conversation, you know, for, for anyone above a size 12, because it's expensive, you know, these fabrics are imported. There's a lot of embroidery there's, you know, handwork. So these curvy women have had to, you know, pay extra, book an appointment, go to fittings. It's it's much more of a process than a straight woman who can buy a beautiful evening gown off the rack. So I think evening wear is a huge category that, you know, it exists, but I think has a lot more potential for growth. Outside of clothing, I think shoes and jewelry. I get a lot of requests for not only extended size calves in, in boots, but also wider foot width and jewelry it's it's i'd never thought of that, but I, I hear that quite often they want jewelry that is wider to, you know to fit wrists or bigger necks, and I think that 's an amazing market that is completely overlooked as well totally, especially
0: you know in the midst of a pandemic, I know you know from the analysis that we do at edited. You know jewelry has been kind of a hero category because that's something that people can wear and it makes them feel good you know that's something you are seeing on zoom you know is, is your yeah. neck or things like that so that's yeah really exciting what opportunities there are still out there and what role does social media play in kind of the size inclusive conversation and you know in particular body positivity and allowing women to celebrate
1: their bodies it's it's huge I'm um, social media is is huge in. Any industry, I think, but I've never seen such a community of women who are so supportive of each other than the plus size community. It's it's so inspiring, and I've seen customers in L.A. and Chicago, you know, top customers of mine meet on Eleven Honoree Instagram just by like engaging with each other in comments and have developed really close friendships i mean it's it's amazing to me so i think it's great for the the consumer because they have Kind of a, an art like a, a community that they never even knew about they 're meeting new friends they 're realizing mm-hmm. they 're not alone, and also for kind of like the influencers and the people that are you know very active in speaking about the body positivity moment uh-huh. movement sorry they 're just phenomenal inspiring women as well it, it's, it continually blows me away, so yes, social obviously is very important more and more our customers are you know, listening, they're engaged and we have to talk to them through social channels. And this industry makes sense to, to really hit hard on social.
0: Totally. Like I love what you were saying about the fact that it's, you know, the community and that people are finding, you know, meeting others who are also love fashion, interested in style, but, you know, have those shared experiences. So Ashley Graham, I know she was obviously the first plus size model to grace the cover of Vogue and she has 7.9 million followers on Instagram. Who are the top plus size influencers that our audience should be taking note of? Or, or who do you really see making a name for themselves?
1: Yeah, Ashley's amazing. She's, she's so impressive. Paloma just was on the cover of Vogue for January. She's a name I think we're going to see a lot more of. She's fantastic. We're going to start seeing more curvy supermodels. You yeah. know, when you hear the word supermodel, you're thinking Cindy Crawford and Kate Moss and... Christy Turlington, but supermodels are now, Ashley Graham is certainly, is a supermodel, Paloma Candice Huffine. There are some amazing models that have just completely, they're stars. They've reached the top of this category and they're, they're, it's amazing. As far as influencers go, it's, we're so lucky. Like I said, there's such a strong community and we have such a huge extended 11 honoree family two influencers that stick out to me. One is Nicolette Mason. She's amazing. If you're not following her, make sure you are. She's an incredible person, an incredible businesswoman. The way that she speaks about body positivity, among many other topics, is just so authentic. And she's incredibly intelligent. And anything that comes out of her mouth, I pretty much listen to. She's also a great friend of ours, a huge cheerleader of 11 Honore. We did a collaboration with her with the leather company Veda. It sold out in about a day. Wow. Um, she's amazing. Kelly Brown is another great friend of ours. Kelly has incredible style and has just also been a huge supporter of ours, especially when it comes to our in-house brand 11 Honore collection. So check Kelly Brown out. Who else? Gabby Gregg. Gabby Gregg is amazing. She actually was... One of the first plus size influencers. I mean, she kind of engaged this community and really got brands talking about this via social channels almost 10 years ago. So, yeah, she's an original. So, those three, Nicolette Mason, Kelly Brown, and Gabby Gregg, I would say keep your eyes out for definitely check them out on Instagram.
0: Gosh, I will. Certainly go and look at them. I'm I mean, Nicolette Mason, I'm really interested to hear what it is that, you know, she's been saying and how she's been communicating, like you said, about body positivity. And what is the value of influencers to Eleven Honore 8 as a business?
1: I mean, I think it's so important in, in so many ways who we align ourselves with, right? I think the influencers that we collaborate with have to stand for the core values that we believe in, obviously. They have to authentically believe in us and vice versa. I think that's what makes a good partnership. And their audience, their followers have to be a good representation of our audience, And I think it's just like a very natural symbiotic. I I think these partnerships just kind of evolve over a common love for this industry. This summer, you know, we're, we're, we're feeling the pains of 2020 and just kind of being our marketing team is, you know, constantly brainstorming. How can we talk to the customer without, you know, fatiguing her and Mm -hmm. everyone, all, all the small brands were getting creative with, with marketing this, during this pandemic. And we created this ambassador program called the Honoré Role. And basically what we did was we targeted up-and-coming influencers, so micro-influencers, and we basically sent them product 11 Honoré collection or designer, and they, they photographed it. And it it was amazing what the conversion was, because customers loved seeing it on real women, and, and especially like in smaller markets, you know, not just New York, not just l a but you know in Texas or Illinois, wherever it was, we have a great influencer in North Carolina, just all over the us, and the customers really were able to relate because they said, Oh, I love the way she styled it or that, you know, her body type is kind of like mine. I bet that would look good on me too. And it just was such a relatable way to show clothes and kind of continue to engage the community.
0: And what an amazing way as well during pandemic, when, you know, the opportunity to do the types of marketing campaigns that maybe people would previously have done is, you know, Those options weren't available. And obviously, you've spoken a lot there about authenticity. How big of an issue is kind of tokenism in having size inclusive models in brands' marketing campaigns?
1: I mean, it's an issue, you know, and it has to be like on the forefront of a brand's marketing team's mind at all times because. You know, there's a lot of brands that claim to be size inclusive. Maybe they stop at a US 16. Maybe they claim to be plus size, but they're only showing models that are a size 12 and maybe throwing in a size 16, but she's kind of not at the forefront. She's not a leading lady. So it absolutely exists. And, you know, I think it's important to have representation of every size. And that's, that's what every brand should be striving to do. And if you're not doing it, identify it and do better. You know, I think it's something that every, everyone can work on.
0: So in terms of how brands, I guess, can make sure that they're embedding that size inclusivity into their DNA and ensuring that it appears as authentic, you know, what other strategies would you kind of suggest that they adopt?
1: I think it needs to be embedded in in the DNA of a brand. I mean, it has to be part of the brand ethos. Mm -hmm. So I think it starts there. I think you just have to make sure that everyone in in your world, your community, your audience, your customer base is represented. And that has to be inclusive of all sizes and very diverse.
0: Yeah. Like, as you said, you know, fitting on models of that size, offering product imagery mm-hmm. of the product on that size as well all helps to demonstrate that you really are standing behind that customer and that that consumer. So naturally, when when people think of sustainability in relation to fashion, they kind of immediately think of the environment and the supply chain impact how does size inclusivity relate to sustainability? And can brands really call themselves sustainable if they're ignoring marginalized groups?
1: Oh, it's so hard. And especially for the plus size consumer who's already quite marginalized. So she has a small, you know, pool to shop from. And then, you know, she's trying to shop sustainable. So that pool shrinks even more. It's not easy. None of it is easy. It's not easy for brands to be sustainable. You know, we have to import. Product, we have to ship. There's planes and trains and automobiles involved. But I think if brands are not having that conversation about sustainability now, you're going to be playing catch up in five years. That's for sure. I think the focus needs to constantly be how are we reducing our carbon footprint? Mm -hmm. I also think that it's so important to have a transparent conversation with your customer about what you're doing. So we're very open about what we are doing to become more sustainable, about the sustainable brands we're partnering with, you know, we changed our packaging to be more sustainable and our customers were thrilled. I also think it's our responsibility to educate the customer on sustainability. If we're not telling her how important it is to shop sustainable, she won't know. She's going to choose other other places to shop. So I think it's a constant dialogue with the customer and it's constantly keeping your eye on what you're doing to reduce your footprint and, footprint and how you're striving towards sustainability.
0: Totally. And in terms of the demand of sustainable products that you're seeing at 11 Honoré from your customer base, you know, what is it that you're seeing? What is it that they're looking for? Because I think one stat using edited data that blew my mind is that, Less than 20% of sustainable brands carry above average sizing. And by average sizing, meaning kind of above, you know, a US size eight or 10 is how it's yeah. being
1: described. Yeah, no, exactly. That's like similar to what I was saying. The, the, the market size is, is, is quite narrow in this, yeah. in this category. And I do think that brands that have nailed sustainability and haven't forayed into the extended size category needs to do so. And vice versa, brands that have nailed plus size and gotten the fit right and they need to focus on sustainability. So it's a constant effort. You can't do that overnight, but it is something that is important and you have to talk to the customer about and like I said you know this customer has been underserved in the luxury arena for so long mm. so not only is she discovering where she can shop what brands she can wear but she's also discovering how important sustainability is it, it's continually educating the customer.
0: Totally and it goes back to what we were saying earlier just because you know the plus size customer and the the straight size customer, everyone wants the same things, right? You know, if you're yearning for that sustainable product, it's only natural that the the plus size consumer is is wanting the same thing from their assortment, their wardrobe. Katie, thank you so much for such an interesting insight. And and one question we always ask our guests is, what is the one thing that you would love our listeners to take away from this episode?
1: One thing? Oh, wow. Well, one thing I, I think is if you are working with a brand or, come, you know, foraying into this category, I, I think you need to embed inclusivity in every aspect of the brand. And I think that starts internally and really, really structuring the brand's DNA to be set up for inclusivity in every way. I think it starts with, you know, hiring a diverse staff, hiring women, hiring plus size women. So I think that's incredibly important. And I'd also say, stay tuned. This conversation is going to just continue to evolve. Like I said earlier, plus size has been kind of a niche little category in the overall fashion landscape. And I think it's going to have a bigger seat at the table in years to come. I think we're going to see a lot more designers extending their size range mm-hmm. and I I, I I think that because I think we're going to see the percentage of plus shoppers increase not because people are getting bigger but because we're uncovering her we're finding her we're identifying and we're talking to her like we would talk to a straight size customer so can just watch it grow
0: exactly the opportunity is
1: endless and you said it's
0: her knowing that there are now businesses that cater to her and and can give her what she wants, which is fantastic. Well, Katie, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you. It was so fun.
0: As a listener of ours, we are here to support you throughout 2021. If you're a customer of Edited, please contact your dedicated account manager and retail strategist, and they'll do everything they can to support you. For all of our listeners, Please ensure you're subscribed to our Insider Briefing. You can sign up at Edited.com, where we'll be keeping you all up to date on the latest news and strategies. If you've enjoyed today's conversation with Katie, please make sure you subscribe to Keep In The Loop with future episodes, and please tell your friends or family about us. And if you have any further questions, please don't hesitate to get in contact with us at unedited at Edited.com or tweet us at Edited underscore HQ. Goodbye.